Broadcasting from the wine country in California, this is the Kick-Ass Relationship Show, where intimate secrets and modern advice for couples is shared to elevate your relationship to live sexier, happier, and have way more fun. We believe success in life is better when mixed with excitement and love. And now, here's your kick-ass relationship coach and best-selling author, Midori Verity. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Kick-Ass Relationship Show. Today is a little different because I actually have my guest in my office. So some of you are listening to this on the radio or on a podcast, and others of you are actually viewing us in our, well, it looks like we're at a winery right now, but you're actually in my office. Don't tell anyone. So I am super excited about today's show because... This is a very good friend of mine. Her name is Michaela Cotting (laughs) and and also known as Michelle. And we've known each other forever, for a long, long, long time. And we both watched each other blossom and grow and become the people that we've really always deeply wanted to be. And now we're both helping helping other people in different ways. So that's what I'm so excited about. My show is all about the mindset and creating a thriving and energized and uplifting, elevated life and relationship. So that's why I wanted to bring Michelle onto the show today to talk about that, to talk about the mindset, why she has found yoga to be so, so helpful in helping her along her journey and how, and what she's seen in her clients. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today is all about inspiration and motivation, and regardless of whether you use yoga, meditation, hypnotherapy, it's all similar, but we're going to be talking about yoga today. But before we do that, as always, I open the show with my three minutes to thrive, and today's topic is about setting up goals for your greatest relationship success. Last week, we talked about synergy and supporting your partner. So this is the next part of it. We talked about goals last week and how goals are so important to have in your relationship to help create that excitement and that passion to keep you connected. So today I'm going to be talking to you about how to do it successfully. And there are some key things that you can do to make your goals easier to achieve and more tangible as you're going. So the first thing is to have, I usually like to do two goals with, with my husband. And so one will be for, for he and I, and then also another one will be just for myself and then he'll have his own. And what's so cool when you're doing this and I'm talking to you too. Yeah. And so when, when I'm doing this or when we're doing this is that we're both supporting each other to achieve these goals. And what you notice when, so, you know, Michelle and I, we've had we have two boys. Well, we have more than we both have kids. She has two kids. I have two kids, but our kids have played baseball together, soccer together, all kinds of sports. But what we've noticed is that when the kids are having a great time and they're comfortable with each other and they're supporting each other, that's when they create synergy and their team does better. Haven't you noticed that? Totally. Yeah. And so that's what this whole concept is, is when you're married and you're creating, you're going for these goals that excite you and they, they make you like you know, like you have this passion behind it because it's pushing you out of your comfort zone. I talk about this too. And it's something that you really are looking forward to. You create the synergy together in your relationship and you are more successful. 
Did you hear that? You're more successful when you have that synergy. So whether it's a whether it's for a baseball team, a little league team, or whether it's in your relationship, it's all the same shit. So that is what this is about. So that's the first thing you want to do is write down your goals for each of you. And then also what your goal is together. So it might be going on vacation. Um, Michaela, I'm going to, I'm going to switch back and forth between <laughs> Michaela and Michelle, because I've known her so long, but she, she has been talking to me about how she has these goals to do these amazing retreats all over the world and Bali and the Bahamas and Europe. And so that's kind of what she's talking about. And that's freaking exciting things. So, you know, whatever it is for you, maybe it's just retiring and simplifying yeah. your life and, you know, hopping into your motorhome and traveling around that's a good idea your too. state or going to the national parks, whatever it is. It's whatever works for you and that excites you. So that's the first step that you want to do is set up your goal. And then you want to break them into 90 day goals. You guys, if you don't do anything else, this is key. It has to be a 90 day goal. There are so many studies that show you are more successful when you break them down into 90 day goals. Have you heard this before? No, I haven't, but that's, I, that makes sense. Yeah. Instead of doing the 12 month or the five right. year you can do that too, but you want to chunk it down into 90 yeah. day goals because it's more like if, if it seems too far away, then you're like, Oh yeah, I can do yeah. that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'll get that done tomorrow. Yeah. But if oh, it's totally. 90 day goals, yeah. there's something psychological that happens in your head. So, and you can see it more, even if you're taking small steps, you just see it and you notice it. And you can also pivot easier when it's only a 90 day goal. So if you're off track, you can meet with your partner. Like, you know what? we need to change things a little bit. It's easier. Right. Than 90 day goals. So 90 day goals. Um, and then the next part is to write down what each of you are going to do during these 90 days. What are, what's your zone of genius? We've talked about that before. What are you intrinsically good at and what, what, um, what do you have available to you? Who do you know to help along the path? What resources do you have? Where can you turn? Who is good at doing research? figure out what you are each good at and write it down, what you're going to be responsible for. So you create more success. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing that you want to do. And then this is the next part. And this is the fun part. You want to meet once a week. I always talk about meetings. This is part of your meeting. Make it fun. If you are watching our show right now, you know that we have some wine here. So make it fun. <laughs> Whatever's fun for you, cocktails, wine, going for a walk, enjoying coffee, whatever it is, but make it fun and do it once a week, every single week on the same day, preferably at the same time. So it becomes a red, red regular routine. Routines are important in a relationship. So that's what you want to do. You want to touch base. You want to find out where your hiccups are along, along your journey. So if that week you were supposed to make 10 phone calls, but you only made two, why was that? What happened? What, what can you do next week to become more successful? So that's where you visit all those type of issues. Or if you're running into walls, you can't, you can't get through to somebody or you can't figure out a certain problem or an issue. Talk with your partner and I promise you will get through it a lot easier and a lot quicker and it'll be more fun. So that's it. That is your three minutes to thrive. And next week we are going to be talking about crushing problems and obstacles. So you want to make sure that you tune back in for that. And then for those of you who are on Facebook, I encourage you to follow, follow me on Facebook, Midori Verity, because I am going to be posting these three minutes to thrive every week, just the segment onto my Facebook page, my business page that you can see it. So if you miss the show, God forbid, but if you do miss the show, you can see it there and just stay up 
tuned up on on all those things to thrive. So without further ado, <laughs> I am going to formally introduce my lovely, beautiful guest who I do truly, truly love, Miss Michaela Cotting. She is she has trans- transitioned from being a personal trainer with ACE and NASM certifications, which means that she is she knows her crap when it comes to anatomy and safety when it comes to training people. She understands all that physiology. Um, to now being a yoga instructor for the past eight to 10 years. I know you've been doing it for a while. And in 2015, she was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. So as friends, I witnessed this. I remember being there on your couch. Uh, when we were Told her not to news. make me cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's all good. We're not going to cry we're on the show. Yep. Um, but that also helped her transform the way that she approaches life. And I've watched this and that's why I was so adamant to have her on the show today. So she's going to be talking to us about that. And also this gave Michaela... <laughs> Just say Michelle. Just Michelle. Okay, I'm going to switch my name. Okay, so this gave Michelle a greater, much greater appreciation for the power of yoga on your overall well-being. So we are going to be talking about that today, too. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. You're welcome to my beautiful wine I know. I like didn't know you did this. <laughs> I can go anywhere in the world within minutes. Totally. Yeah, seconds, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's go testing next. Okay, we'll do that next yeah. show. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to get into this. So what made you go from being a trainer, physical trainer? We both worked at the same club and okay. I just have to tell you, Michelle's a badass. She used to do these weights that were freaking bigger than my whole body. <laughs> and she like lift these weights. She was a huge runner. She did all kinds of stuff. But what made you go from doing that, that intensity to moving to yoga? Well, I was, um, I was a long distance runner, as you just said, and I was hurting like running long distances is, is awesome. It's, it's super fun. It can be, you know, really inspiring and, and, um, but it breaks your body down and I wasn't really doing anything to fix my body. And, um, I'd look through the window at the airport club and see the yogis and, you know, like they were, they looked, it was scary. It was scary at first because I was like, I can't bend like that. I can't do that. Um, and I worked obviously with a yoga instructor, I worked at a large gym and we had yoga instructors and Pilates teachers. And I started doing some Pilates to help my back. And then I was like, I really need to be doing yoga because my hip flexors were tight. My posture was suffering. I have back pain and knee pain. Um, and so physically I just wanted to go in and fix my body. Okay. So you started off because you had a knee. You had an oh, totally. you were like hurting. So yeah. it was is to help you yeah. stretch and like yeah. just move your body better. So that was your initial right. thing. So through your journey, again, you've been doing this for a crap ton of years. What what did you discover? What else did you discover that you didn't expect? Right. Well, the first thing I discovered, um, like almost immediately, is that my kids noticed after I did yoga. So I, you know, pick them up from school and they go, Mom, do you do yoga today? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I did. How- how do you notice? Oh, well, you're so calm and so relaxed. You know, I mean, anybody who has smaller children, especially I think smaller children, you're on all the time and you're pretty stressed and, you know, you tend to maybe yell at them once in a while. Um, or, or you drink a lot of wine. Or, yeah, or that. <laughs> that, so, that is how we bonded, just so you know. <laughs> so the, the initial, you know, thing was that I was much calmer, much more patient. Um, and, and that came mostly from just 
being able to breathe um, when things started to escalate. Instead of reacting, I all of a sudden wasn't doing that anymore. I could take a deep breath in and go, well, is this really important? Do I need to react in anger or can I, can I choose a different um, outcome for this? So was it something that you were taught during the classes or was it something that just naturally happened? Well, if you have a, a good yoga teacher, any yoga teacher should remind you to breathe. Breath is really the first thing that you do in yoga, the most important thing. If you don't breathe um, in yoga, you're not really practicing yoga. So that's the, the first most okay, important thing. I got to stop you there because we're talking with people like me who we're not yoga people. So what do you mean by breathe? Like I'm breathing. If I wasn't breathing, I'd be breathing. Okay, but are you breathing consciously? No. Okay. All right. So most of us go through our day, right? We don't, we don't notice that we're breathing. Breathing obviously is a natural, natural function of our body. Um, But when do you actually sit down and close your eyes and just feel yourself breathe? That's a difference. Yeah. So what's it doing? You know, like I, I, with meditation, they talk about breath. Yeah. So so the deep breathing calms your nervous system. Like, right there okay and then just the conscious breath you know you practice breathing consciously enough on your yoga mat or on your meditation cushion then when you get outside of that environment you can breathe consciously when you're encountering stressful situations like being on a radio show got it (laughs) and you have a crazy while you're driving in the car instead of you know flipping the guy in front of you off it's just take a deep breath and go, here you go, go for it, go right ahead. Like you're not losing anything by, yeah. you know, letting him go. Okay. So this is huge because you've known me for, how it's been 20, no, not 20 years. It's been almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. Yeah. I mean, our so, boys are 22, our older ones. Yeah. And we met when they were five. So 18 years. A so long 17 time. years. Yeah. When you first met me, I was much more intense and you were too. You were oh, yeah. too. Yeah. And so I remember being that person who was flipping off or I wanted to flip off people yeah. really bad. Yeah. My kids were in the car. I, I had was myself too. not to. And so that is one huge shift that's happened for me and obviously for you mm-hmm. in that things just don't bother us as much. It's almost like when you learn to breathe, when you learn to get into your, um, into another place where you're kind of conscious more and you have a different approach, things just don't bother you as much. Things come easier and you think clearer rather right. than being the reactionary person, right. like what she just, what Michelle right. just said, and you get things done smoother, totally. right? And you can totally. solve problems easier too. I mean, there's yeah. so much that comes with this. So when, when Michelle's talking about breath, it's, it's so monumentally transitional yeah. to yeah. who you are. And we always say, I mean, people are so worried about taking the poses in yoga. We always say you could literally sit in child's pose or sit with your back against the wall and just breathe for an hour and you will have practiced yoga for an hour. Yeah. To me, yoga is essentially moving meditation. The poses are just one aspect of the yoga practice. Right. Yeah. Because (laughs) that's one thing I will say. Okay. So I want to talk about this a little bit. When you first start yoga, Uh like let's say for me, you know, I run a little bit, not a lot, but I run a little bit and I know that I should be doing yoga and okay. I should be doing these stretches. But there's and no I should in yoga. This. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but anyway, when I go and I've only gone twice, yeah. literally my whole yoga yeah. career has been twice. And 
I'm her one and only teacher. She is <laughs> my one and only teacher and she's fabulous, but I'm a high intensity person. So I'm used to moving really fast. So I've learned to meditate. That slowed me down a little bit, yeah. which is good. But I, I, I do want to do more yoga because right. I do see the benefits of it. But when I go out there, I'm on my mat the whole time. I'm thinking, what, what did she say to do? What, what a downward dog, what's a downward dog? Yeah. And I'm thinking about all these things. And so when, by the time I'm done, I'm not necessarily more relaxed. Right. So talk to me about that. So that's where regular practice comes in. Oh, that. I actually got to do it more than twice in 15 years. Um, we always say, uh, when you first start yoga, it's like learning a second language, right? And I might be able to cue you pretty well as to how you can come into the pose and I can even show you which I don't often, I don't often put my head down while I teach because I want to see what you guys are up to, um, to keep you safe. Um, and I just lost track of what I was going to say. But why, you know, like we're talking about, uh, you can't do it just twice in 15 years. Right. It's like, it's literally like learning a second language. Every time you come, you put another piece of the puzzle together. Like the next time you show up, you go, oh, this is how I come into down dog. And then I may just give you like a fine tuning adjustment to get you really into that proper position. The other thing is most of us go into a yoga class, especially if we go the first or second time and we worry about, are we doing this right? Yeah. And there is no right or wrong in yoga. Like you just do what you do in your body, what your body is capable of. And that's yoga. So I think there's a difference with, um, you know, like for me, like, you know, when I first started doing kickboxing, remember that I yeah. loved kickboxing, oh, yeah. but the first like five times I was sucking air. Yeah. <laughs> it was so hard. I could yeah. barely walk, but then it got easy. And I yeah. remember even going to the, to my instructor who was awesome and saying, okay, I think it's getting too easy. And um, it was, I just had adjusted. Right. So I and, think it's the same concept. And then you go deeper. So my teacher, my, um, teacher, Baron Baptiste, who I did all my trainings through, will say you have to be willing to suck to be good at something. You have to be willing to suck. And that is like super spiritual advice. But it's, it's just life. You know, it's life. Yeah. And to me, like you practice sucking on your yoga mat and then you get more comfortable and same goes for life. To me, that, that little rectangle is a practice ground for your life. I think that's a great point. And here's another thing that I've noticed about the people that I've met through you who are part of the yoga community mm -hmm. and others who I, who I um, know are deeply involved with, with yoga is it seems to be kind of a community. Like you're, I, I feel, I have a sense that they're like more supportive and um, I don't see a lot of judgment. You've already been talking about it. So talk yeah. to me a little bit more about what the community is like. I mean, mostly, obviously with a few exceptions. Um, yeah. We support each other because we, um, we practice peace on our mats. We practice peace by breathing. I always say if the whole world did yoga, we wouldn't have to worry about weapons and wars, you know? Um, and there's organizations that are taking yoga into some really challenged places and seeing huge improvements, you know, between warring tribes, between people who um, grew up in poverty and in a life of crime who now are yoga teachers like it's like yeah yoga is uh, you know I mean my kids laugh at me because they go yoga can fix anything you know I keep saying that it it kind of does it kind of does about the mindset yeah and the community piece. coming back to that um, I work in an amazing place here in Santa Rosa um, it's Yoga One and we have a, a wellness center and we all support each other there is no competition 
We work with other yoga studios to bring more yoga to more people because it's such an amazing thing. And we, um, in that wellness center, work with acupuncturists and hypnotherapists and massage therapists, and we all support each other because we want people to be healthy. And by bringing more services, um, including yoga to them, obviously they're gonna be healthier people. And that brings me to my next point. So you're talking about how you support each other and in a relationship, a lot of times we go through rough times, right? Right. I know you're, you've been married no, almost as long as I have, if not the same, yeah. but you know, it, it is a struggle oh, sometimes, totally. right? Yeah. And so sometimes you just need that outlet. And I always talk to you guys about being staying positive and not going and bad mouthing your partner because that just brings more oh, negative no, in. Yeah. But a community like yoga or where it's positive and supportive, you can go there and you can kind of do a shift, you know, cause life happens. And sometimes even though you're trying to be positive, um, it doesn't always, it's hard to always stay there. I'll tell you. No yeah. matter how much you teach it or practice it, things just happen. And so having something like yoga or a community like that where you can go, that is a great healthy place yes. to be to help you have that life, more of a lifestyle, more of that um, reminder uh, to stay positive yeah. and to leave feeling better. I well, think, totally. right? Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a good point. But another thing that you brought up, um, what was it that I wanted to get to? There was another comment that you made about, oh, I know that you see people who have been in gangs or have really kind of kind of violent or ugly upbringings, mm -hmm. but through the power of yoga, yeah. they can transform and mm -hmm. change in so many ways. And you see it, have, have you seen it with the schools? Yeah. Some of the schools in yeah. inner cities. And I've taught yoga to, to students before and gotten just amazing feedback and how it can help, you know, mind, being mindful and rather than, you know, having them go on whatever, uh, what do you call it? Getting expelled, not getting expelled. Oh, yeah, but, getting in big fat trouble. Yeah. So they're now going to yoga instead, which is awesome because rather than treating them negatively, we're bringing something positive that's an actual tool that can help them, you know, be less angry. So yeah. I'm super happy about that. I have several friends that teach in schools. I love yeah. that. I love, love, love that. And yeah. I agree with you. I think, you know, if it's meditation, whether it's yoga, whatever it is, mm -hmm. if you can give people tools on how to respond right. in situations and that becomes who they right. are, it's so much healthier. Right. And it definitely them. teaches the, the not being reactive. You know, yeah. I mean, the first, first instinct, I mean, even for me, if I go to yoga class and you know, that first warrior one, which is a pretty strong, challenging pose. I go, I don't like being here. I'm not strong enough. I'm getting kind of pissed off in this pose, especially if the teacher holds you there for a while. But then like, how can you reshift that? You know, you reshift it by setting your gaze. You reshift it by settling your shoulders down. You reshift it by breathing deeply and by like getting less reactionary on your map. Then you take those tools out into the rest of the world with you. Okay. And then when all else fails, like I said, you drink a glass of wine. So we are going to go into a quick commercial break and we're going to come back and we are going to, Michelle's going to be talking about three tools that you can use to help you become more of a yogi. Even for those of us who fall over. Yes. Come on back. Hey, this is me, Dory. And I want to express how grateful I am for you joining me on my show. And for this, I have a very special gift for you that I am super excited to tell you about. It's a tool. And it's a tool that I have for those of you who are in a relationship and maybe feeling frustration and anxiety. 
revolving around this partnership, like all of us do at some point, right? But it doesn't have to stay this way. The tool I'm talking about is my Energized Relationship Quiz. All you do is you simply answer six super simple questions, enter your email, and then my custom diagnosis will pop up and reveal the relationship issue. After that, it'll give you the tools to change your situation starting today, right away, right now. So stop arguing over the same things. Get your relationship back to that healthy and happy place you want it and love being with your partner again. Yes, it can happen. Here's the coolest part. It's free. And like I said earlier, it's only six super easy questions. So all you have to do is go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity and type quiz in my messenger and it'll take you right to the quiz. If you have questions, simply ask me on Messenger and I'll personally answer. In fact, I would love to hear your feedback. So once again, just go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity and type quiz in my Messenger. That's it. I look forward to connecting with you. Welcome back, everyone. I am here with Miss. Michaela or Michelle Cotting. Okay, I just have to tell you really quick. For those of you who've been with us, you heard us say that we've known each other for 17 or 18 years. And she knew me as Ann Verity. I knew her as Michelle Verity. And the reason why Michelle Cotting. Michelle Cotting. <laughs> we are family. So. <laughs> Almost like family. And she never wanted us to call her by her 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 real name, which is say it. Michaela. Yeah, because we butcher it. She's from Germany. We butcher it. So she's like, oh, just don't say. So she even said it today. She's like, just, just call me Michelle. That's <laughs> hurting me. And then I am Midori and Verity. So yeah, that's just one of our other little nuances yeah. that we know about I each know. other. So anyway, we've been talking about the power of yoga and why it's so beneficial in your life and in, in your overall life, not just your physical being, but also in your mental being in the way that you approach things. Instead of being reactionary, you can be more thoughtful and present and, and, and respond to things in a much more intelligent, emotionally intelligent way. So now we are going to find out how we do this. And before we do this, I just have to tell you a quick little story. So here is why when Michelle was telling me, oh, I'm going to be a yoga instructor. I'm like, okay, whatever. And because <laughs> it goes back to my youth, my dad, I wrote this in a little oh, thing. Did you yes. see this? Oh, my dad used to do yoga and he's this giant six foot three bald guy. And he used to do yoga when I was a little girl. I'd watch him in his room. I'd sit on his bed and watch him. And I always thought it was weird. And then he had a book that he used. And there's a guy who had string going from his nose out his mouth. That was part of his yoga thing. That's what stuck with me all these years. And so I think that's why I've been resistant. Yeah. I have never done that. <laughs> nor will I ever. <laughs> so that's not what is there. So there's not always string in every no, yoga class? No. Okay. No, all right. Not. Okay. So anyway, we do, it's, it's been clear that it is very beneficial for, for all of us and our kids too. We've talked about that too. And I, I'm, those of you who know me well, you know, that that's my big, that's my big thing that I'm about is, is helping kids who are struggling or at risk or, um, having a difficult time. So it's amazing what yoga and meditation can do to yeah. change someone's world. Yeah. So now we're going to ta be talking with Michelle about 
how do we do this? Give us three tips so we can make it easy for us. So tell us what's tip number one. All right. The most important thing is you got to find the right teacher. And um, there are, you know, there are a lot of awesome teachers out there. And just because the teacher is awesome doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a good fit for you. So like my first yoga class I ever took, and I literally didn't go back for another three years, uh, was a young guy, very thin. I was in my 30s, a runner, extremely inflexible. And he had us go into a back bend on our bellies with our chest up against the wall. So like bending our backs. And I said, I don't bend like that. And he goes, oh, yes, you do. You just need to try. And that was that. I never went back because I do not bend like that. <laughs> I, it does just not happen. Yeah. I've had a double mastectomy. I don't bend very well at all. The thing is, like, it's not important what shapes you can make with your body. It's your body. Your body um, can do a down dog. And it may look different from the person next to you. So you need to find a teacher that just feels right, that feels safe, encouraging, um, empowering, but also, you know, one that allows you to modify for your body shape. Yeah, yeah it's super a big, important. A big point. Yeah. And then, okay, so you did bring, well, we'll go, we'll visit that in a little bit. Okay, so what's number two? Second is practice regularly. Oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. So we always say, um, you know, you practice once or twice a week, that'll change your body. You practice three to four times a week, that'll change your life. Oh, that's yeah. a good thing to yeah. know. And it does. Like, there's no question about it. Okay, so how long do you think it takes before I'm going to notice that it just comes naturally for me? I would say if, if, I if am you going practice to four days a week, three to four days a week, after a month, you're going to see some serious changes. Okay, mentally yeah. and physically. Yeah. Can I do a pretzel? No. <laughs> and you don't have to, ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I can do downward dog. Oh, yes, you will. And I'll feel comfortable. Yeah. Okay, uh -huh. all right, cool. Yeah. Okay, what's number three? Number three is dropping your expectations and that rolls right into it. Dropping the expectation of being perfect at it. Like there is no perfect. Perfection is totally overrated. It's your body. It will look different for you, just like I already said, than the, the front of yoga journal. Yeah. Um, drop that expectation of, you know, being this, you know, if you're not this lean, spelt person that can bend yourself into a pretzel, you won't be, and that's okay. You right. know, it's letting go of that expectation for perfection. Just be you. I love that. And I think that's part of the whole message with yoga, right? It, versus some other types of activities. Right. That you do with that. Right. Just go. It's more about, I feel like it's more about the mental part. Even it totally it is. It will strengthen you. I mean, you could become a total badass by taking these strong warrior poses that are super, like, empowering. You know, a strong warrior, too, like, feels amazing. You know, it makes you feel strong, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, you know, it relaxes you, it stretches you, you know, it builds strength and flexibility. And okay. So you talked about, you talked about different kinds of, um, instructors, mm -hmm. you got to find the person who's right for you. So maybe like there's, are there certain instructors that tend to be more about relaxing and getting into the mind? And then there's others where if you want to get more physical and stronger, people that right. focus on that? I mean, like I do both. Like I okay. teach a lot of gentle classes. I teach classes to cancer survivors and people who go through treatment currently. So those are obviously so gentle. The, um, the 
you know, once for people that are currently going through treatment, right. they're laying on top of pillows, there's not much going on, we're rolling on the floor, we're really um, focusing on breath. And then I teach a couple of lunchtime classes that are all about get in, get out, and those people are there to get their mind right on their break from work, but also to get stronger. So, you know, just because not necessarily different teachers teach different things. Got it. Okay. Um, you really just find the one that fits with you. Okay, so it's yeah. more about the go, connection. Go to whatever class you want. If it says power vinyasa on it, you know you're going to be flowing with your breath. It's going to be a really powerful class. If it says gentle, it should be really gentle. Okay, good yeah. to know. So yeah. even those different names, yeah. I was unaware of yeah. that. Okay. And then there's different styles and you can get. Okay, so if I'm a beginner, what should I stay away from the first week? Vinyasa? I... Yeah, uh, although even a good vinyasa teacher will let you modify and will mm -hmm. allow you to find your way in a vinyasa class. Like I teach um, Baptiste power yoga. My classes are always accessible to, um, to even beginners. Okay, yeah, good to know. Like, you know, if you want a strong practice, show up to a strong class and a good teacher will help you through that first class. Okay, got it. Okay, so I want to take a second. I want to shift a little bit and talk about you. So... We've mentioned in the, in the show that, that Michelle has gone through stage three breast cancer and it was scary as all hell. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, we're, when, you know, you're getting those messages and we all of us, you know, cause we're really close friends and yeah. so we have a really close core group of yeah. friends. And so when we heard that, it was like, what, how can that be? Right. So talk to us about how yoga has helped you get through that. Cause I think it's important for people to hear whether, regardless of whether it's cancer, whether it's going through a divorce, whether it's going through trying to raise your kids when they're being buttholes, right. tell us, tell us about how it's helped you. Well, I addressed earlier how we become less reactionary when we practice yoga. Um, so I was able to really come back to my breath when things got shitty. Um, when I was scared sitting in the chemo chair, I could close my eyes and put myself somewhere else and just breathe deeply. Um, that was one of the most important things, just really to be able to settle into my breath. And we, we say like calming the monkey mind, right? Those thoughts that go in, you know, all, you know, can't talk, that go on in your mind when you can focus on your breath rather on what's going on up here, it really helps. Yeah. Because then you can choose not to go down that rabbit hole. And I did find myself in that rabbit hole a few times. I had to pull myself back out and come back to that. The other thing is through after surgery, just having some gentle movement really helped um, rebuild some of some mobility. Um, it's still challenging, but, you know, it, it definitely helped to move. Yeah. And then now you teach classes. I teach classes um, to, yeah, to cancer survivors and to, um, to people that are actively going for treatment. Is, is that something that's offered nationwide or is that something um, that's hard to find? I think that's hard to find. It was hard to find when I was looking for it. Okay. Um, it didn't exist around here or there was, there, there is, uh, there are some services through Sutter locally in Sonoma County where that is being offered. And I know St. Joseph's also has, has some classes going on, but they were not happening uh, when I got diagnosed. Okay. So, so check with your physician, check with yeah, your hospital, yeah. um, check with your community. I think your, your oncologist, yeah. um, cancer support groups should have flyers about that. Um, if you need any help finding anything, I'm always there. You can 
find me through Anne. Yeah, so that will be all her all Michelle's information. I believe if my if my website text did it when they were supposed to, it should be up on my website, midoriverity.com. But don't go yet because we have more to talk about. And after our quick little break, we are going to be doing a little game with Michelle. So come on back because we still have a little bit more yoga talk and we're gonna play some, we're gonna have some fun now and drink wine. Hmm. So come on back. Hey, this is me, Dory, and I want to express how grateful I am for you joining me on my show. And for this, I have a very special gift for you that I am super excited to tell you about. It's a tool, and it's a tool that I have for those of you who are in a relationship and maybe feeling frustration and anxiety revolving around this partnership, like all of us do at some point, right? But it doesn't have to stay this way. The tool I'm talking about is my Energized Relationship Quiz. All you do is you simply answer six super simple questions, enter your email, and then my custom diagnosis will pop up and reveal the relationship issue. After that, it'll give you the tools to change your situation starting today, right away, right now. So stop arguing over the same things. Get your relationship back to that healthy and happy place you want it. And laughing with your partner again. Yes, it can happen. Here's the coolest part. It's free. And like I said earlier, it's only six super easy questions. So all you have to do is go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign, Midori Verity, and type quiz in my messenger. And it'll take you right to the quiz. If you have questions, simply ask me on Messenger and I'll personally answer. In fact, I would love to hear your feedback. So once again, just go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity and type quiz in my Messenger. That's it. I look forward to connecting with you. All right, you guys, we are back. I am here with my beautiful friend, Michelle. Michelle. <laughs> Michelle Cotting. Say your, say your first name. Okay. Yeah. We don't know a lot to say because I butcher it. But anyway, we have been talking all about yoga and mindset and how to, how to use the breath to calm down and to react better instead of react freakishly like I used to do. So it has been a lot of fun and we've been drinking wine too. So as we go throughout the show, we might get a little more giggly like right now. We are about to start the truth or truth game. Oh are you ready? <laughs> okay, you guys. So she's not, a, I have the questions up here. You can't I'm look. Not, I'm not, I can't, Plus, I don't have my glasses on. I can't read them. Look, I took them from her. I took yeah. them from her. Like, you can't see. You can't see what I'm going to ask you. So anyway, we're going to start. So here's the rules of the game. The rule is that you have to answer every single question totally honestly, and there's no passes. Oh, ready? This is fun. It's not that bad. Okay. So the yeah. first question, who would you want to make out with the most? A, David Beckham, B, Gerard Butler, C, Prince Harry, or D, Ricky Gervais? Oh, it would have to be, um, it would have to be David Beckham. I already knew that answer with you. He's so cute. 
is me. Yeah. But I have to say, like Ricky Gervais, you know who that is? Yes. I think he's so funny. He's very funny, but he's, I wouldn't want to make out with him. No, I wouldn't want to make no, out with him. But I, he's the guy. He's not I would, my type at all. No, he's hilarious. I would yes. love to go out to dinner with him. Oh, totally. Out, he'd right? be fun. He'd be super. He'd be fun. super fun. A night out with Ricky yes. Gervais. That's who I would pick out of all these guys. I think. I think so too. Although Prince Harry would be would be cool. He'd be cool. Prince Harry would be yeah. pretty awesome. He would. Yeah. So I would pick him too. Yeah. And Gerard Butler, I think he's kind of sexy. That's who I would yes. make out with the most. Yeah. I think he's sexy. Yeah, he is. Okay. Definitely not. Number two. Have you ever, have you ever played that game? Have you ever? Yes. Okay. So right no, now. I actually, I haven't. I watch Ellen once in a while when I have time. <laughs> okay. So have you ever, A, made, made out with your boyfriend's friend? And you, remember, you have to be totally honest. No. That's, that's B, not. cheated on a test. C, slipped a guy your phone number. Oh, well, two. I have cheated on a test. I know you have. Yeah. But that was in high school. Okay. And then what about subject guy your phone? Be honest. Remember you have you're under oath. I actually don't think so. You don't think you have? I don't think I have. I mean, if somebody asked me for it, yes. But like, no, not on the slide. Not like, here you go. Uh-huh. Okay, so let me ask you this. Have you ever given a guy who you were super not interested in, but you didn't know how to say it, the wrong number? No, I usually just ignore people like that. <laughs> So you were even engaged. I was, I was pretty awful when I was in high school and after. Yeah, that's I so would just funny. Be like, no. See, I'm <laughs> opposite. I want to be nice to everybody, but sometimes it's like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't lie very well. Like, I if, if I were to lie about my phone number, you'd see it. Yeah, you're not a very no, liar. I'm a horrible liar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to number three. Oh, this I like this question. What would you do if you could be invisible for one day? Oh God! What would I do? What would you do? Like, where would you go? Where would I you want to be? I feel like it. I'd somehow want to help somebody, but you're invisible. <sighs> help them from making the wrong mistakes. So if they're about to do something stupid, you something. like trip them and make them yeah, fall. Yeah, like something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I want to use it. I want to use it to somebody's advantage. I feel like I'd want to help somebody do something, but I, I have no idea. See, I, I think, would do that. I think that I would be a little bit mischievous. Yeah, not, not a whole lot of mischief here. Oh yeah. See, I would. I would. You would. You totally would. <laughs> I would want. I'm thinking my husband. Like all the things. Okay, so I have a quick little funny story. So my husband. He doesn't do yoga. He doesn't meditate. He doesn't go to hypnotherapy. So it's really easy to mess with him. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's a reactionary kind of guy. And I love him, but he is, and you know him. And so we just took my son to go to his college orientation, which is in a different state. So we, we drove there. It was you know about four and a half hour drive. And we ha- one of the things that we had to do was open up a bank account for him on campus. So my husband dropped my Chandler, my youngest son, Chandler and I off. And so we went into the bank and like, let's mess with dad. And Chad's like, yeah, we're totally, we're both totally in. So we go in and, and Chandler says, let's tell dad that they won't accept my birth certificate because it's expired. Oh, <laughs> so we told him that. No. And it, yes, we did. They, and won't he, let it, they won't let him open a bank account because it says it's expired. And uh, he he didn't believe that one. He didn't buy oh, it. Oh god! But then as I, I didn't I didn't think he would. But yeah. But then as we're leaving, there's circus. So it's Reno. He's going to to University of Reno. 
there is Circus Circus, which is right there. And it's one of the older resorts. And we took the kids when they were younger mm -hmm. there. And my husband was at, he's a germaphobe and he was absolutely repulsed, yeah. repulsed by Circus Circus, like uh, grotesquely repulsed. So as we're driving by, it's the first casino that you see as you're leaving the campus. I'm like, oh, you know, we saw on the job board, Chandler noticed this on the job board. Circus Circus is hiring. So he thought, you know, what a great opportunity. He could go, he could just walk from school to Circus Circus and he can work in that, in the, um, in the arcade. In the arcade. How awesome is that? And my husband, he, oh, you could tell he was being so restrained because he didn't want to be negative towards my son. But he's like, do you know about the germs? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. just, I could just, for us, it was, it made us giggle because it, you know, yeah. brought back all those memories of how, germaphobic he was so anyways totally. that's, that's the kind of stuff that's, that's what funny. I would do if I was invisible I'd do things like that okay so next question you ready yeah is what's the worst habit a past boyfriend has had or it could be your husband a past boyfriend you know what I've been married for so long I don't remember any of my past boyfriends so I'll have to I'll have to go after Pete okay do it my husband's worst um habit is being late cannot be on time oh. And I'm German and it's just not, it doesn't fly at all. So we usually get into a fight when we have to be somewhere on time because he's always late. Okay. So I have to say, I have to give a little feedback here. I have a feeling you win most of those because you guys are usually on time. I, I'm on him pretty hard. <laughs> we all have our yeah. things. So we're talking about, you know, I'm a marriage coach. We're all, you know, we have our yeah, things. Thank you. Yeah. And so you in my house when next time this happens, no matter what. <laughs> We talk about perfection. Be more positive with him. See, I don't think we'd ever go anywhere if I did that. Yeah, you know, there's, <laughs> there's these things called perpetual problems and relationships. Yeah. And it's 67% of every argument is a perpetual problem. Something that re recurs, right. coming up, right. and it really drives yeah. you freaking nuts. Yeah. And there's no like seeing eye to eye on it. But that of course, I'm worse. perfect. I have no, no such things going on. So, right. you if, know, if it was no it, bad habits, I'm sure I'm yeah. not irritating in the at all no if we asked him that question that's exactly what he'd say that's no she's perfect say. she's perfect totally because he'd be scoring points and yeah. he would flunk this test yeah. he's lying <laughs> okay the last and final question are you ready it's not bad if you could be a guy for a day what would you do <sighs> so i i've always said this in my next life i don't want to i don't want to coach football you would okay, Miss Miss Yoga. I like I seriously Zed just for a day or two. And it's sad because there should be female football coaches. I'm sure there probably are. I hope that there are some female football coaches that would actually probably take, you know, having played the game once or twice. But I love football. I I was a football team mom, because I'm a girl, um, forever. And I just adore the sport. I think it's awesome. It's you know, I mean, other than the fact that people you know, get injured um, pretty hard, but I, I love the game. Yeah. That's just cool. Yeah. And that was a good answer. Yeah. That was a good and answer. And other than that, I, you know, I'd want to go back to actually teaching football players yoga because they all need it. And I think and the coaches, the coaches do. Yeah. They greatly. Big oh my gosh. Big <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could go on and on about yeah, that. I know. Let's not go there. That's so funny. Okay. So good. That was good. She passed the test. Yes. Yay. Okay, right, so wait. now, now, now I get to drink. Here, <laughs> cheers. We're taking a quick little, for those of you who can't see us, we're taking a quick little wine break. 
Okay, so this marks our shifting. So now we're going to talk a little bit more about Michelle, Michaela, <laughs> and we're going to talk about her personally. So I want to know what is a book that you've read recently or that's made a big impact on you? Uh, biggest impact, I think, would be The Four Agreements. Okay. Yeah. What's that? I've, I've heard about it, but tell me like kind of overall what, what it's about. You know what? And I can't remember the four agreements. The one that stuck out most to me, um, just because I can't think right now, is um, to not take anything personal, personally. Oh, that's And that, that was a huge shift for me because people will, you know, not everybody's nice. Mm -hmm. You know, people will say things to you and usually um, it's not you they're attacking. They're coming from something that has happened to them. Yeah, You know, it's their insecurity or something, some reason that they feel like they need to attack you. So that's kind of, that was the biggest shift for me because I was big on taking things personally. And um, that was the one thing that helped me through um, teenagehood with my kids, because when they start separating from you, like uh, they're not always sweet and kind. They're not always sweet and kind. And, yeah. um, you know, just being able to really like see the reality and just see the fact, okay, they're separating their teenager they just attacked you, but they didn't attack you because you're a bad person. They attacked you because they have to, to separate from you. Yeah. So and that was the biggest shift for me. They have all their hormones yeah. going on oh, totally. and, and all yeah. of that. And I think that's, a, I'm glad you brought that up because I know there's a lot of parents yeah, out there. That impeccable that. speech is one of the agreements, just being careful with the choice of your words. Mm. Um, that would be the flip side of that. Yeah. Right? Choosing your words carefully. I think um, that's. Because that can benefit you yeah. you know and the person you you're talking to right to really think about what you're saying and I do think that that's probably something that I could work on sometimes I feel like I open my mouth and things just come out and I was like oh oh shoot yeah and then you apologize yeah if yeah. I think of it then right sometimes I don't think of it then I have to I like think about yeah. it later I'm like oh, oh yes darn it I know blew it <laughs> so yeah we all have things that we can work on. Okay. My next thing is what has been, and I think I know this, what has been the most challenging moment for you and how have you overcome this? Well, I think you guys all know that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to change this question because we already talked about it. what has been the most embarrassing moment for you and how did you deal with it? The most embarrassing moment. It could be high school. It could be with your friends. It could be I'm trying to think of embarrassing moments for you too. You're usually pretty conservative with certain things. I'm pretty conservative. Yeah. Pretty conservative. I know we have some friends that have some embarrassing pictures of me. Oh, yes. Do you yes. know which one I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that wasn't actually that embarrassing. That was just a birthday party. But um, God, I can't think. I think for me, really embarrassing moments are when I have to speak in public. Mm. Um, this is, this is good. Like I can do this. If I speak in front of a group of real people in a room, I, um, I choke up. Yeah. Uh, especially if you ask me personal questions, like I'll get teary eyed and I choke up. Okay. And so that's embarrassing for me. And I think, you know, that, that's one of those things that are recording in your mind. Yeah. Oh, when I speak in public, I get super choked up and I, and I get yeah. embarrassed and I get yeah. red and, yeah. and I'm going to, to not do well. Right. That's a recording. Yeah, right? totally. yeah. So yeah. it's, I went through the story. I tell myself it's a story you tell totally. yourself. 
I remember when I was, um, some of you have heard the story when I was a little girl, I used to do Japanese dance. My mom is Japanese, hence my name, Midori. And I was in San Francisco and it was the Apple Blossom Festival and I was probably around eight years old. And there's, I felt like there's a million people watching. There's probably maybe a hundred, but it felt like a million. And I got out there and I knew this dance inside and out. And I was in the middle of it and I forgot. Mm. I forgot. And so that has stayed with me ever since yeah. or for until recently that, oh, when I get on stage, I'm going to freeze. I'm going to yeah. get everything I have to say. I'm going to forget where I am. I'm going to turn blue right. and red and hopefully pass out and just get it over with. Right. But I had to do a bunch of mental exercises yeah. to get me through that. Now I can get on stage. And now I actually find it fun because I come from a point where I can let that stuff go. And I know right. that I'm helping people. And totally. so- but it took a long time yeah. to kind of change yeah. that recording. Yeah. So anyway, so now I want to know, you know, we're coming to the end of the show and I'm sure a lot of you want to know more about Michelle or Michaela. Um, Cotting, so where can we, and you have some exciting stuff coming up. So tell us about some of the things that you have coming up. So even people who are not in Sonoma County right. may have the opportunity to come meet you. And- um, yeah, I mean, uh, my website and, and all that, you can follow me on, obviously I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm- Twitter challenge, but I'm on Twitter, so every once in a while I post something. Um, I my dream was always to to uh, offer retreats, and through my collabor- collaboration with my friend um, Deacon, we're actually uh, as Yoga One um, offering some Ayurvedic retreats here in Sonoma County at a place called Ratna Ling. Um, they have a website. You can find those retreats um, there. We're offering. I think it's four throughout the next eight months. Um, and they're um, essentially like a seasonal balancing retreat. Uh, it'll include some um, advice on Ayurvedic diet, on uh, yoga and all that. And the accommodations are beautiful and just um, really high end, gorgeous place to be. The other thing is I just um, met a woman through a uh, another cancer survivor who is starting to offer some women's retreats in Sonoma County. And they're, they're a little different. They're um, at a, a private property. It's a very ranch style, super rustic, um, but their property has the highest peak in Sonoma County uh, is on their property. So they built a yoga platform. And when you get up there, it's like you're in heaven. You could see all over, I mean, 360 degree views um, of all of Sonoma County, which is and for those of you who are not, I mean, for those of you watching us right now, you can see kind of what Sonoma County looks like. This is quintessential yeah. Sonoma County. Yeah. Sonoma County is absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. And the areas that, that Michelle's talking about, even if you're coming from a, from across the country, you won't regret it because it's, this is a destination. It's oh, beautiful sure. here. Yeah. There's so much, you know, if, if you can extend your trip a little bit, it's worth it because there's amazing food and wine. Mine. And just the beauty of this yeah, area is gorgeous. phenomenal. So come on out. And then you're going to be keep, I, I encourage you to follow Michelle, which actually Michaela Cotting, which is an, this, you can go to my website, midoriverity.com and her link is there. Yeah. So I encourage you to follow her because she's going to be going all over the world. So if you yeah, are Tuscany looking, is in the works for next fall. Yeah. And possibly so for fall probably, of 2018. Yeah. So there's going to, she's going to be all over the place. And if you are looking for someone who is very welcoming and will make you feel, even if you've never done yoga before, make you feel comfortable and make you feel like, okay. And, and teach you the concepts behind what yoga is all about. This is the gal. I so encourage you to go check out those places and follow Michelle. 
or Michaela, and, um, and, and take advantage of that because you will be so happy and you'll become a huge fan just like I am. And maybe I'll even see you there. I might make it on out yeah. to Tuscany. We'll be, uh, we'll be posting pictures of uh, Midori um, doing yoga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I will be out there because she does. Also, you do them at winery. Yeah, so that's amazing. I teach at a winery. I'm actually doing that tonight. Teaching yeah. at 32 Wins Winery. So anyway, thank you so much for being here. It was so much thank fun you having, having me. Thank you. Oh, super fun. And next week, I am going to be having Mickey Henderson on the show. He is going to be talking all about finances. He's going to be making it stupid simple. So if you have been shying away from going and seeing a financial planner because you're like, oh, my finances are such a mess, or you just want some simple techniques to help you move forward, Mickey's the guy. He is very honest and he knows the stuff. He's been doing it for over, I think almost 30 years now. And he is incredible. So I encourage you to come back and see him. And as always, you guys, I always sign off the show with saying, Remember your gratitude attitude for your loved one, for those who you don't necessarily love, approach it, approach that person with a gratitude attitude, let them know what you appreciate about them and watch your relationship grow and shine. All right. Till next time. Bye you guys. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Kick-Ass Relationship Show with Midori Verity. We hope you've enjoyed the show and want to share the love by passing on our web address, midoriverity.com forward slash show to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous shows. This has been a Midori Verity International Production. Join us next time on the Kick-Ass Relationship Show to add passion and fun to enjoy the most extraordinary relationship and life.